Hello and welcome to Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast. Um, I would say for the people. Uh, my name is Patrick Crowley. You probably recognize my voice uh, from Got Nothing For You, a Survivor podcast. I'm here, though, with a new member to the podcasting universe, Mr. James Burton. Mr. James, introduce yourself. Feels good to be here. Uh, apologies to the radio crowd for my sickness. Um, it's probably my flu game and also my debut. So I don't know if that puts me in the MJ conversation yet, but uh, not, not yet, yet. But it's a <laughs> hell of an <laughs> intro, leading with the fact that you're sick. But no, we are we're um we're just a couple of guys who really like Premier League and argue about it almost daily. So we figured we we we'd blast that out to, on the airwaves. I think it's a relatable show because on the scale of knowledge to hot takes, we definitely skew on the hot takes and. You know, it's a passable knowledge. It's it's good bar conversation. Where's where, where's our confidence range? Because we were talking right before we went on air about how we both felt that we could lead our respective teams to a title this season. I could see us checking in on our takes in two weeks, and half of them already broken. Two weeks into the Premier League season. Oh, if that, if that. Uh, but yeah, we just to touch on our allegiances. We want to get all these biases out of the way. So when. Uh, James, uh, James starts start spewing nonsense a little later. You know where it's coming from. Yeah. James, lead the way here. Very pessimistic United fan. Manchester United fan, for people who aren't familiar with the abbreviation. But um, You thought, you thought people were thinking you'd rep Newcastle? Yeah. yeah I'm not, I don't know. Do you know a Newcastle fan? I do. Really? I do, yeah. Nick Housden, shout out. Oh, shout Played out. Played squash together. Shout out Nick. Yeah, straight out of Newcastle. Okay, I'm going to have to link up with Nick, because he's a real one. Yeah, Magpies. Yeah. Um, yeah, Manchester United fan, personally, um, through the family. It wasn't something that I just decided to pick up on a couple of years ago. I don't know people like that, but who, who do you support? Uh, I support Arsenal. Um, have since birth, I want to say. You know, um, no, James James uh, teased quite quite well. Um, always been a international and Champions League soccer fan, but really got into the Premier League uh, about five or six years ago. And I was going through the teams, and I was like, you know, I don't want to pick a team that's at the top, but I want to pick a team that could be. And just, Arsenal just screamed at me. He just screamed at me. I want to pick a team that will devastate me every Sunday morning. Well, I'm also a Wizards fan, Orioles fan, Redskins fan, for those who are, you know, American sports fans. So, identity-wise, it fit me nearly perfectly. Love the Greek tragedy. I love getting my hopes up, believing that my boys can make it to the top. and. I believe yet again. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, James, uh, James, let's. What better way to start us off than, than talking about the World Cup here? We just wrapped up. Yeah, great one. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm putting it up there as best of all time. I've only I've only lived 24, almost 25 years, so I don't have much to compare it to. Teasing a birthday. But um, yeah, I'm I'm starting it off with hyperbole of the highest order, saying this is the best World Cup of all time, and it's almost sadder when the World Cup years roll around because you've got that few weeks in between Premier League play and the World Cup where you really feel like something's missing in your life. Yeah. Versus the in-betweens of the Premier League season. Right. So there's there's no no elongated elongated summer where you just are used to having, you know, soccer be away away from you. you. Completely desensitized to life outside of soccer. You know, I'm having, I was, I thought it was a pretty hot take, but I don't. I'm having a trouble wrapping my head around what might have been a better World Cup. I felt like with this World Cup, you know, the introduction of VAR, which is a bit of a shit show, the the goals were just just bangers. Oh, oh I was looking at some highlights today. Bangers. Uh, 
the France-Argentina game, arguably game of the tournament, mm-hmm. uh, Angel Di Maria scores an absolute banger. Out 30 nothing. yards out, not, not even the best goal in the game. <laughs> not even the best goal in the game. Yeah, that's yeah, remarkable. And what um, – I mean, the, 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 the Belgian-Japan game where it goes into half 0-0, zero, zero, Japan goes up 2 nothing, and then Belgium yeah. wins on yeah. – that was for me, that was yeah. the tournament, the, the breakaway in the 90s. Really? Yeah. I do love a good counter. It was, it, was, it was 10 seconds end-to-end. Lukaku's movement yeah. was just phenomenal. He, he created that whole goal and didn't touch the ball. I think once Germany lost in the group stage as well, all predictability went out the window. Right. And Germany going out in the group stage, which um, as an England fan, never saw that happening in a million years. It just kind of set a precedent for other teams going out. Spain kind of went out with a whimper on penalty kicks against Russia. Yeah, it was almost, it was almost like those teams had extra pressure to perform, like those big-name teams. It did feel that way, and who could forget the absolute train wreck that was the Argentina national soccer team? What? Uh, I can't wrap my head around this, James. I don't know if you can. Uh, I, I, it's been hashed over a million times. That coach has to be one of the dumbest soccer coaches in history. Oh, completely. Yeah. He had a good reputation before this World Cup, or maybe not before this World Cup, but before I don't know taking on, neither do I, but I read on Reddit that he soiled his, his great reputation. You could, you could have told me he was the kit manager, and... <laughs> Head coach dies the week before the World Cup, and he gets his Rudy moment. I think the kit manager would have played Dybala. Maybe started Aguero. Oh, absolutely devastating. And we'll get into this Messi-Ronaldo conversation later down the line, but Argentina, they have some really amazing players, so that must mean they just have some absolute shit players. Or some, I don't know what it is. You got Maradona nearly dying in the booth. You got the coach who's just shaped like a meatball, doesn't know what's going on. And, I mean, I mean as, I, I, as much as I love uh, Messi and Argentina just to watch them, they're incredibly one-dimensional. They cannot defend. They cannot possess the ball. They can't create for anybody. probably doesn't help that your best creator is Messi and you give them no one to create for. But, man, it was, it was such a shit show. And then when they went up against France, I thought, oh, my God, they might, they might actually pull this thing back together and then, I think they I think went they up. Went they were up two one, one and down four two in a matter of like fifteen minutes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it around around quick. It seemed end to end sadness for them throughout the entire <laughs> tournament. And the, the victory against Nigeria was just a, a bane situation from the Dark Knight, where he he lets them know when they can die. Yeah, they're not ready to die yet. They have to go to the knockout round and suffer another heartbreak. Yeah, um, you do feel for Messi though, because God, uh, watching that guy during the national anthem. Just do the classic telltale sign of anxiety and stress where he rubs his eyebrows. I really guess, yeah. It's it's strange because he seems you can you can see the weight on his shoulders. It's yeah. it's not the confident, calm, composed Messi you see in Barcelona. Uh, the, the 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 town is still there, but with with every touch, every shot, every pass, you can. It's, there's more pressure on him. He lets that he lets us know that, which is. I mean, it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It's really, it really is just is with, 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 with all with that he's all done, he's and done clearly, clearly can't get yeah. out of hell. The World Cup's the last thing on his list. I feel like it's the only thing he hasn't won, but it's obviously the biggest, and he just keeps chasing the great white ball. Have they won Copa America? I think so. Oh, geez. Well, not, good, not good for our credentials, but uh, I remember when he quit 
national soccer after losing to Chile yeah. in the yeah, Copa yeah, yeah. America. And then started up again. And then they went through, like, the whole – they went nine months in qualifying or something like that where nobody scored but Messi. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, too. And it's not like they don't – Higuain's there. Completely absurd. I wish I paid more attention to what was going on in those games. Yeah. Was the kit manager their coach at that point? I believe he got promoted to coach on the on the flight to Russia. The coach missed the plane. It was a messy whisper. Um, uh, so now might be a good time to move into talking about the one true love and pain of my life, England in this past World Cup. The tree lines. And it's still coming home. Might not be coming home yet. Jesus. We'll give it four years. You think it's coming home soon? <laughs> Qatar. We're going to really master the desert dunes, and uh, I think we'll go from there. But, no, all seriousness, I, um, I don't know if I've told you this full story, but from the elation of watching the Columbia PKs, where I was with two friends who didn't know soccer that well, and they didn't know England's history that well, and going into extra time, they could see me visibly devastated, and extra time just kicked off, and it was 1-1, and there was 30 minutes for something to happen. And then there were still PKs, but you were you were defeated at, at full time. You've seen your team lose so many times right. that for for them to break the streak like that and to you know have Gareth Southgate and the boys just win over the country like that, it was it was really a joy to watch. And then probably ended in the worst possible way, where I was on a budget flight from <laughs> from Spain back to the U.S. I paid twenty dollars for Wi-Fi. It cut out when England was up one nil. So that's what I was going off of. Asked the flight attendant what the score was. Said it was 1-1. And he'll check back with me when it ends. He walked past me, avoided eye contact a couple of times. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, I found out found out from a random passenger. So, so talk to me a little bit about the obviously, obviously finishing, finishing where they, where did, they did, even, even losing the third-place game. That's probably, probably better, better than, than you expected. expected. Truthfully. Truthfully. Yeah. It's, but, but to me, me and I'm not, I'm trying, not trying to dig, to dig here, here, they felt it felt, it felt like, like a very opportunistic route. route. It, felt it felt like they, they if they if ran, they it, ran back, it back, we run the run World, World Cup back, back again. again. I don't I see don't them having the fortune they do. A lot of set piece goals, a lot of scrappy goals. Pickford standing on his head. You know, Pickford played amazing. I don't know where McGuire came from. I mean, yeah, I, know I know Leicester yeah. City, but... About to go $100 million to Real Madrid. You heard it here first. Harry <laughs> Maguire. Jesus. <laughs> All right, folks. No. <laughs> that'll, that'll wrap it <laughs> up. Plan, yeah. um, to your point, I, I don't think a lot of what you mentioned was fortuitous. Mm-hmm. The set pieces, I think that's a lot of practice. What mm. I do think was fortuitous and, and why this makes the whole ending of the tournament very bittersweet is because I don't think they'll get an easier route the World Cup Finals. That's probably again. fair. So going out fourth place, it wasn't it wasn't anger or disappointment in the team. It was just sadness because you know, you know, four years from now, even if the teams you know elevated their game, they'll come up against a juggernaut, which they didn't do the entirety of the tournament, mm-hmm. unless you count Belgium, and they lost them twice. Mm-hmm. So if you if you see them going up against Spain or Germany or Argentina or Brazil, teams they've traditionally had a lot of trouble against. You just, uh, they haven't been in that point before. To me, I think the one, if I'm, if I'm an English, English fan, fan, the one thing that I'm looking at in that team and having, feeling, feeling, feeling good, good is it's a young, young team. team. It's a young, it's a young team. team. You got, 
you know, between, you know, between you know, like Billy Eilish and Lingard. I mean, Kane will be a little bit older, but he'll still be he'll probably be killing it in four years still. And then you know, you just I don't want to say a now established back line, but you know, Stones and McGuire played well together. Trippier played fantastic, and that pains me to say, but you know, they they have a lot of promise from guys that. Basically, Basically, what I, what I, what I think I'm trying to say is there's a lot of players who played, played to their best, best in that World Cup. And if and they're able to take the next steps in four years, years, you could be you looking, could be looking at, at another nice run, but with yeah. a little bit more merit behind it, I would say. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. I think if you look at it in a linear, sort of predictable way, all the players will either be at their best or just past their best four years from now. Solid but place again, to you can and I think we'll get to this in our panic buy discussion, but you can string together four games, five good games on the world's biggest stage and immediately increase your value. Oh, yeah. It's absurd. So I'd love to see where these guys are in a year. You know, if Stones is going to get playing time at Man City. Um, Maguire, I assume he leaves Leicester at some point. It might not be by the start of the season, but, you know, see where he progresses to. I was a little disappointed. Um by Ali, Lingard, and Kane when it, once it got to the knockout stages. I think that might be that little bit lack of experience. But, um, I think, I mean, I mean this, this isn't just me, you know, hating on Spurs, but I think Ali playing as much as he did was a huge mistake. He showed almost nothing the entire tournament for me. Well, yeah, he scored that goal against Sweden, and it kind of, like, extended his life right. a little bit, and you thought he was going to turn the corner, go play a good game sure, against Croatia, sure. but, um, you know, it didn't exactly pan out that way. And um, I'm sure you'd love to hear this. I never thought that highly of Ali. So. There's a lot of people that don't. He's kind yeah. of like established a pretty poor reputation for himself early on. Not, fantasy, not... fantasy football value would say otherwise. <laughs> Very disappointing. Him, him clocking in over Ozil in that re- <laughs> that's I got a bone to pick with the Premier League website yeah. in, that, in that respect. But, yeah. but hey, you know, it, was, it, was a, it was a good showing from the lads. Didn't quite come home. But they came home, and we have ourselves Premier League starting this week. Kicking off, kicking off with, 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 with United, United, so I'm sure you're happy, happy, I'm happy. Kicking off this Friday. Mourinho seems to be in a great mood. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. We're holding that for some big uh, marquee purchases in the next couple of weeks. So let's talk about some marquee purchases. Let's see who, who, who's had a good window so far, who needs to have a better window, who's going to make a desperate move. Is there anybody leaving the league? That's a big question, I think, for one team. You know the team. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do. Um, kick it off. I think my mind goes to United first. Um, I think they've had, a, in a loud sense, a mediocre transfer window. I'm curious to see how Fred does. Um, but who I think has quietly had a very strange transfer window is first. And they haven't signed, they've, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. No, they've not signed anyone. I don't anyone. think they've signed anyone. They've and ex- Mourinho's taken the headlines that Pochettino hasn't really explained why that's the case. Yeah, and... To, what they have done, though, is they've, they've extended a bunch of contracts. Um, they, they extended Song. Um, they extended... They obviously extended Kane a little earlier this year. They extended Alley. And so, to me, maybe they've been extended Erickson. But they're committing to that core. And that core got in third place. What, what, what concerns me a little bit is that uh, Alderweireld seems to be on his way out. So does Lorente. Not that... He's provided that much value, but you have to have some insurance behind Kane, and as well as Danny Rose. Those three guys are coming up a lot in terms of being on their way out, and I don't hear anybody coming into Spurs. Yeah, 
And I think it's fair to say that that's a strong core, but I don't see who has a higher threshold to play to. I don't think Kane can play much better than he does at a club level. Son had a blinder of a season. Right. Erickson, amazing season. I feel like this is, they're playing to their full potential almost. I mean, you can make the alley argument. But right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean they're, 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 they're a very, very sound team, team and that, that, that really pains me to say that, that, but they're, 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 they're a tough, tough team to break down. down. Yeah. I don't think that, to your point, that they necessarily have that extra level to, in a 1-1 one, one one game, game, get past the City or United, United or an Arsenal, Arsenal, you know, those, you know, those top-notch top teams. teams. But, but uh, they are, they're defensively very strong. strong. Lloris is coming off a fantastic World Cup. I guess... It's, got, it's Sanchez and Vertonghen play very well together because Outer Wild was injured and he's kind of on his way out. Yeah, despite I think he had a pretty good World Cup in my opinion, but uh, there's rumors of him going to PSG. Uh, Trippier, obviously off the World Cup. I don't, yeah. Great Wanyama. He's like the strongest guy in FIFA. Yeah, strength 99. He was a strange purchase to me because I feel like he's a solid player. From Southampton, right? From Southampton, yeah. and I feel like you bring in a player who will play his role, but won't take a starting role, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe he just wanted to play for a bigger club, maybe live in London. I don't. There's, there might be some other factors there. Maybe Southampton saw a way to make some money. And also, maybe he's like the lower. That's how you get to the top six, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I put I put Dyer and probably even Dembele over him, so he's got a kind of strange role in there. But um, to bring it back. For the transition of the World Cup to the Premier League, um, we got to revisit some of the some of the funniest World Cup successful World Cup to failed failed players, mm. which is always a hot topic this time. Gotcha. I actually read an article today that talked up a player on the Morocco team who apparently lit up Iran in a game that they lost one nothing on an own goal. So I'm not sure what that article that article was talking about, but the rumors the rumor mill is swirling yeah, were, about these players. There were like four shots in that game. <laughs> you lit it up. Yeah. Don't don't doubt the article. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But um, a lot of chat about. I don't know if you've heard of Domagoj Vida. Sure haven't. <laughs> the Croatian center back. Oh the yeah, long yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The, 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 the shave, of, the shave side. I thought it was like a shave. Front. It's 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 a mullet without the the presence of hair it's on a, the top of the head. It's like a hybrid Macklemore ponytail look. Whatever it is, it's getting him a marquee move. Really? Because uh, apparently a lot of chatter about him. Uh, Irving Lozano, but feels like taking a similar route to Chicharito in having a good World Cup, like he did in 2010, and then that's true. Manchester United reportedly being interested in them. Is is United in on Lozano? I feel like United's in on everyone. Certainly, the, really, yeah, when you read, it's... Yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're I texted always, you like, the other day that Arsenal signed Dembele, and that just hasn't happened. <laughs> it was a done deal. Yeah. It was reported. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually re- reread the headline, and it said, done deal, in all caps, and then comma, Dembele rumors. Uh, but the done deal was... Uh, it was essentially that uh, we sold uh, Chuba Apcom, or whatever his name is. To, Never really made his mark. Yeah, to uh, to some team in Greece. Uh, so, so it was just clever journalism that led me to believe that the done deal was not for Chuba. But a little bit of, of clickbait. Yeah, but in any case, um, 
What about a panic buy when the guy didn't even go to the World Cup? Because that's kind of what I'm seeing in Richardson, Richardson, Richarlison. Are you saying you saying pan? I think I can help with the Richardson, Richarlison situation. Are you familiar with Brazil? Good question. Richardson, Richarlison. But he did not have like that stellar of a season at at Watford. He was okay. No, yeah, it, it, it's strange. I, and I think the cost that players go for these days really have my mind spinning because you can have an okay season at Watford and get a big money buy to, to a team like Everton. I think Watford would argue they're not that far off from Everton, but, I mean, history and tradition steeped in that club. It, yeah. It seems like a move up, and I don't... It was like $50 million. And then they also signed Lucas Digne, who is, doesn't play at PSG. Came from Barca. Give him Barca? I think he had a very silent PSG to Barca move. Oh, okay. But nonetheless. Even though he's, he'd be playing by, behind Sergio play. Roberto there. Didn't play. Yeah. Um, well, they only spent 15 on him, which is, I guess, now Yeah. is what it's, it is in the, in the transfer market. But when, when players come in, you naturally think about who they're taking over from. Right. In Richarlison's case, it's hard to think of. Another good one that I was thinking of, Czech versus Leno, who's getting the gloves. That's a good question, because Czech's looking beefy. Leno is actually, you know... Czech looking like a snack in those Instagram posts. To be honest with you, it actually seems like a three-man battle. Uh, not with Ospina. I was going to say. With Emmy Martinez. Is that an up-and-comer? I didn't know much about him until this preseason tour. Uh, it, it seems like he'll, he'll kind of be fitted into the FA Cup. And, okay. You know, maybe the early rounds of Europa. Uh, and actually, the, which which is kind of odd when you have two goalkeepers who presumably are going to be wanting for first team minutes that you would give. So the, the rumors about it being good might just be trying to swirl up some transfer buzz around him. But uh, to me, to me, it's got to be Leno. Uh, and I think that they're going to they're going to rotate a little bit. But you don't you don't buy a goalkeeper. And, and, and have him sit on. The, you don't buy a first team goalkeeper yeah. and have him sit on the bench. Yeah. Check's got one year left on his deal. I think that I think the Czech's gonna probably feature some in the later stages of Europa, some some Premier League games. They could do a bank on Czech staying healthy the whole year, right? So I mean that obviously opens the door for Leno, but. Uh, apparently, apparently after, after you know Le- Leno has, has been, been a little, little he was a little, little shaky Leverkusen like he was he showed flashes but he also showed some some poor times so I'm interested to see how he transfers with what is arguably a suspect back line in front of him without Laurent Koscielny you got two rogue warriors and uh and uh and Mustafi and let me give a let me uh, give this one a go Socrates Papalodopoulos. No, that's no, not good. Was it? Wasn't. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, I hope that I hope that Chambers gets some minutes in front of him because I think that you know Chambers got extended. I think he's got some big, big things ahead of him. That's the interesting thing with with Emery is uh, he's extended a lot of guys. I'm not, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, I know Jaka got extended. I don't know if that was last one under Wenger or first one under Emery. Uh, but it will be just signed a new deal. Chambers signed a new deal. Will shows on his way out, which I think was it was about time. But, uh, show of faith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it seems like an Arsenal move. They hedge their bets. The more players we have on our team, the better chance that one of them blows up into a superstar. You know, I don't like your tone, but <laughs> I, I like I like the strategy. This is this is the first time that I, you know, certainly in the last couple of years, can't be bad with fifty players on the squad. <laughs> 
the, the first time in several years where I've looked at the Arsenal roster and said, oh, man, like had, had a tough time figuring out my starting 11 because of the players left on the bench. I've had a tough time before because I wasn't sure if I could trust the players I've put out there. So you're saying the difference is you do trust these players. Right, I think that we're leaving talent on the bench. Ramsey still hasn't signed an extension, which makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, because I think that I think that we might we might enter. You're talking about panic buy. We might enter panic sell. Okay. I would not be shocked if Ramsey is not on the Arsenal roster come September first. Wow. Okay. It doesn't make me happy. We've had a long time to sign him. Emery has signed a lot of other people. If it's coming down to wage demands, and then in in you know I think that I think that Arsenal in a sense it's kind of spoiled for choice when you have Lacazette. Abamian, Ozil, Mkhitaryan. You just signed Torreira to the midfield. Xhaka in the midfield. I mean, I guess your midfield's a little thin then, without Ramsey. But the the not like you did not mention Elneny. Well, I really like Torreira, but I do really love Elneny. I think Elneny's still going to feature strong in Europa, and I think he'll have a good campaign. I think it'll be a lot. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how 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 it lines them up. I really don't know. It sounds like it prefers a four three three, which kind of concerns me that one of I think Ozil Ozil appears to be wearing the captain's band in all these warmups. I don't think he's going to be on the bench, but it, it kind of worries me that one of Lacazette or Mkhitaryan is not going to find the starting eleven. Yeah, but again, the age old saying it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's not a problem I'm used to. I think a really great judge that we don't have the benefit of in early August is there are a couple games between the kickoff of the premier season and then transfer deadline. Right. So you get to see what kind of shape teams take and who's on their way out. Yeah, and with uh with Arsenal it starts off real tough with Chelsea on the road. But speaking of Chelsea, that's a team that might be in a lot of transfer sagas kind of towards the deadline. A lot of rumors about I was uh a lot of rumors about Courtois. I was hoping this wouldn't come up until our hot take segment. Okay, we can I'm we willing, no, 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 I'm willing to toss it out now. Okay. I, I have honorable mentions that I can bump up to uh, a mild take. Okay, let's hear it. So, I think William Hazard and Courtois will all stay for at least this transfer window. Wow. All stay. Wow. Yeah, I, it, just, it just seems like the timing isn't quite right. I feel like Real Madrid would be more in for Mbappe. I don't and think Mbappe's going anywhere. From PSG? They just got him. PSG is a complete... I can go off on a rant about PSG. Okay. We can, but it's we a complete can... enigma of a team where it's like... I think Neymar is realizing this right now. Where it's like, you will dominate League... Uh, uh. Uh, and go and get knocked out in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Every single time. Because your team's not good enough. You haven't players. You, you haven't played them well really enough. You haven't played a strong enough batch of competition until a two-legged tie against Real Madrid, and then you don't know what to do. They're not battle tested, and teams, at least the way the power dynamic is now, will always go to a Bayern, Real, Barca, unless you know the anomaly is Neymar, and I think he just wanted to be the most expensive player in the world. I think there are a lot of other motivations outside of football success for him. Yeah. I'll, 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 we'll, 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 we'll have a PSG special one time. Yeah, Neymar might be listening. Yeah. yeah sorry, bud. Listen to the, the Brazilian translation, Portuguese translation. God, can't even get that one right. Um, all right, James. We've, we've, we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think the people already know that we're not the sharpest when it comes to pinpointing the details. 
So let's let's, let's ruin our credentials even more. more. Tell me what we you know, know about, about the bottom, bottom three. three. Or not the bottom, bottom three. three. I shouldn't say that. Well, hopefully, hopefully uh, the listeners will enjoy this self-deprecating segment that we might bring back each podcast. It's called Ruin Your Credentials. And as you mentioned, in this case, we're going to talk about Fulham, Wolves, and Cardiff City. I saw you with your phone. I don't know if you're doing a quick little Wikipedia search. No, I was looking at our itinerary. But uh, I'm glad that you took care of those teams because... I was unsure about Cardiff City. All right. Well, let's do this. I I don't know. I feel like I have the benefit of maybe being tuned into the Premier League a little longer than you. Sure. I feel like that's a fair statement. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not inaccurate. Okay. All right. Uh, but let's kick it off with Fulham. I could talk Fulham. I, yeah. I think we do what you know, and then we do what I know. Why? Because you, you're certain that you'll know what I, I know? I, I, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm relatively certain. Okay, so I'm just, you just want me to riddle facts about Fulham? Surprise me. Uh, Clint Dempsey used to play for them. Love it. They have Tim Ream, who's an American, so I feel like they have some American ties. I don't know what they are. Yeah. At least one American at all times, based on my knowledge. At all times. At all times. Since it's creation well probably not since it's creation but since clint dempsey they always had an american to maintain that american audience that is i don't even know if that's a, a true or not but that's my experts debate experts debate um and yeah that's gonna wrap it up for me on on full of, wait are they the, are they the wanderers the cottagers which leads into my take okay. my, my dad and i always used to crack up again uh about Fulham. they were a premier league fixture for quite some time oh they were in the premier league yeah. for such a long time yeah. They never seemed to take that step stadium-wise to be in a Premier League team because teams used to cross the street to get into the stadium. <laughs> like, and the teams are coming up from the tunnel, and they would just like, press the button to cross the street and walk in. It was in. like they were opening the gates, yeah. the gates of the yeah. north of the wall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walking into battle. Wait, did, did, in. uh, did Berbatov play for them for their spell? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was fine. Mm, all right. I thought he might have gone there, too. Maybe not. We'll circle back on Yeah, yeah. Don't we'll go to the tape. Engin- Engineer Jake, go ahead and check that out for us. Let's go to the tape. All right, what do you, what um, else do you Here's have? one. Here's a good one. Within the past 10 years, walk with me on this one. Okay. Fulham beat Juventus in a Europa League semifinal to make the final. Is that true, or is that... This is completely true. I think it was... Within 10 years, it might be right on the mark. Okay. Uh, Clint, Dempsey, Clint Dempsey scored in that game, I think. Um, but, wow, times have changed. Yeah. yeah. He can't even score for the Sounders these days. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Um, so that is a real shocker, considering where they've been. But uh, I actually think I know one more thing about Fulham. Hit me. They signed Andre Shirley from Dortmund. They did. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I wasn't thinking yeah, about yeah, that yeah. one. That's, that's, I got to give a shout-out to my, uh, my Reddit backslash soccer community, our backslash soccer. They keep me up to date with all the transfers. And I remember, I just remember seeing that. Respect on that one. I was like, oh man, you went from Chelsea to Dortmund to Fulham in a span of like three years. Good bounce back story. Yeah, he's back in the Premier League. True. Yeah. Maybe that's where you want to be. Presumably he's going to play 90 minutes every game. Get your foot in the door. Right. And like, it's, it's an audition year maybe. Yeah. All right. Um, last thing to cover it off. They have a young English phenom named Ryan Sessegnon. Okay. Who apparently is uh, already challenging for that left-back position. People were, were, were taking a punt that he would be a surprise inclusion in the World Cup squad. So Yeah, that was behind Rose and, uh, and Trippier? Or yeah, Trippier's on the right. 
And Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw wasn't in the conversation. Okay. He's a little bit. Who, who ended up making it? Was it Alexander yeah. Arnold? Alexander Arnold. It was Alexander Arnold, Rose, Trippier, Rose, who's the fourth? Outside and, back. Well, the starting outside back was. Oh, they kind of played a weird format. Oh, and Walker. But Walker kind of played the center back for him. Was Walker. Oh, Ashley Young. And Ashley Young. He was the starting left back. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. All right. Moving on. What do you got? Wolves. Um, I know that they have a great logo. Which is. Just like a. It's a. I think it's a hexagon. With a black um, outline with an orange middle and then kind of a silhouette of a wolf black in the middle. I would have died if you said it was an animal other than a wolf. <laughs> it's a hound, hound-like creature. Uh, no, and they, I actually do know of two signings for them, which I think that they had a lot of signings coming into the Premier League, which tells me that they're here to play. Uh, they signed Rio Patricio. Jesus. Ruo, Rio, Rui Patricio from Portugal, Portuguese keeper. We're going to cut all the wrong ones and keep the right one. No, I think we got to let the people know. And then they also signed uh, Jao Moutinho, uh, not to be confused with LAFC's left back, Jao Moutinho, the former Portuguese center midfielder, Jao Moutinho. He's probably past his prime, played for Monaco. Of more fame. Oh, yeah, the one that everyone knows. But we're not. There's, there's, there's going to be some. Some 3252 listen to this bad boy. Shout out LAFC. Um, what's the difference? Okay, fine. Um, yeah, and that's about it. But I, I feel like they have a really like a like a long time ago that they were like a fixture in the Premier League and they had a really strong history. Yeah, is that right? Uh, from my memory, uh, Led Zeppelin lead singer Robert Plant is a Wolves fan. Okay, so I feel like in the 70s they were probably crushing it or. Whatever maybe, he's, maybe he's just from there. Because uh, didn't, didn't Louis Tomlinson, the One Direction guy, buy like a fourth division team that was just like his hometown team? That could be the case. Yeah. I, I never thought I'd hear Louis Tomlinson and Led Zeppelin in the same. I think, I think uh, Louis Tomlinson had, was played in a charity soccer game and Demba Ba absolutely wrecked him to the point where he had to puke on the sideline. Like immediately after. <laughs> you really hate to hear it. <laughs> I don't know Any if directioners listen to the podcast. Hey, I'm a I'm a one D fan myself. Don't get it twisted. So, oh boy, and that's um, that's 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 all I know about wolves. I don't know much about them. Here's the only other thing I've got. They classify their shirt color as old gold. Oh hell yeah! Which I guess is, I mean, you can look it up. It's like a cross between gold and an orange. I mean, it's more orange, but I guess when gold becomes old, it oh. turns an orange hue. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I mean. I don't know what old gold is. Maybe they just invented that color so they could be pretentious. What's that pretzel? Auntie Anne's? No, it's like an old gold. Oh, um. Like rolled gold. Rolled. <laughs> this is just must make for just amazing radio. Cardiff City. What you got? Uh, that's all I know about Cardiff City, James. Why don't you take it away? I got absolutely nothing. <laughs> Damn, they skipped there. You just went off on Cardiff City, and <laughs> I feel like all I got out of that was a on to the next. But uh, they're from they're in Wales. Oh, Cardiff is in Wales as opposed to England. Um, little known fact, I think. Are they the only Welsh team in the in the Premier League right now? Yes, Swansea went down. Right, Cardiff. So yeah, they're keeping their um, keeping the quota. Their audience of one in the Premier League, and I don't know why England lets Wales play in the Premier League, but. Scotland's firmly out of it. Personally, I'd love Celtic to come over to the Premier mm. League and see where they 
rank. I see them as like a mid-table team, maybe not. Anyway, um, I know one funny story about Cardiff. They had an owner from Thailand who I think just trolled them for the longest time. They're the Bluebirds. And he was like, nah, the crest is red now. And he just changed up their entire logo and kit from the Bluebirds to some red dragon. And, and there was an uproar, and I think he got outed, and now they're blue again. All right. Well, welcome back to the league. Yeah. yeah the blue, are they the Blue Dragons? Is that what they go by? Bluebirds. Bluebirds. Yeah. Oh, so he, I, he, he, went, he did a full pivot to the Red Dragons. I want to give him a little slack and say that Dragon is like a whale tie-in. Mm. There's the Red Dragon on the Welsh flag. But, Fair uh, enough. Oh, so he was just trying to do something nice, but just swinging I, a yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say something. Anyway. Yeah, check yourself. Yeah, I know. PG-13 podcast. Gotcha. Well, All right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, fig- we'll figure out. You know, All right. So I think, we did, I think we did okay there. Because there's yeah. some nice little factoids. C minus. I'll give myself a, a, a D plus. <laughs> That's okay. Room well together. I think we did a, we did a, a C plus, which is okay. gonna which is gonna get you graduating. All right, we'll figure out what our next ruin your credentials segment is. We'll I'll actually do a little bit of. Well, I mean, it'll be it'll be it'll be nice to watch them play and learn a little bit about them. I'll, I can't wait for Lee Dixon to tell me what he knows about wolves. I can't imagine it's much. Oh, he'll tell you. <laughs> We'll make it known. Um, oh, boy. I, I've, I've really been looking forward to this segment. But okay. Hit me. I think we can start talking VAR, the video assistant referee. Um, the news, I had to look this up to confirm it, but it's not going to be in this Premier League season. No, that upsets me. Oh, boy. Can't wait. That really upsets me. Um, I don't know. if you, Did you have more there, or were you, were you just trying to trigger it? Um, well, it was going to end with a trigger. Okay, but, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. essentially, it's not going to be in this season. I think it's going to stay in the FA Cup and, and little, you know, sub tournaments. But uh, don't don't talk about the FA Cup like that. Don't talk about some less important tournaments the, 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 that uh, some teams value more than others. They're going to rename it the the Wanger Trophy, like the Lombardi Trophy, after all those wins. <laughs> oh God! All right, go ahead. Okay, can't um, hold it in. What did? What, do you, what did you think of the VAR at the World Cup? Oh, I thought it was, as every English pundit likes to term it, it was a farce. Wow. It was okay. farcical. So I'm not... Which means not good. I'm not going to go on the record here and say that I think it is a, a flawless system. It's not there yet. But everything has to start somewhere. And I think what the World Cup did was, by and large, they got most of the controversial decisions correct. I don't, I don't think, think that there, there were many instances where they went to VAR and came back wrong. wrong. There, there were some close toss-up ones that could have gone either way, and in my opinion, you leave them and they change them. I would have disagreed with some of the, some of the decisions made, but I think it is, a, it is an imperfect step one, and it is a good step one. That is where I stand on VAR. I'm disappointed that the Premier League doesn't take those steps because, you know, I'm not Arsenal's. They were going to finish six, no matter what happened last year. But they were on the receiving end of some some pretty frustrating calls. The no penalty against United, as you'll remember, that wasn't given. Don't recall. Was pretty poor. A uh, few years ago, uh, Kieran Gibbs was sent off for an Alex Oxlade Chamberlain handball in the box. Love it. It's just there, there's there's some inexcusable mistakes. Inexcusable mistakes, especially with Mike Dean at the helm, and you need to have somebody calling him out on. Yeah. 
I get that. I get the the really outrageous things like giving the wrong player the red card. Right. Arguably, it shouldn't happen in the first place with some competent refs on the field. But they don't they look, look that different. To give the guy some credit, especially when they both had the, the shaved head. Yeah. All right. You know, shaved heads aside, um, you're you're kind of making me reframe this. I don't think my problem is necessarily with VAR. It's with the rules because I think subjectivity unless the rules change in mm-hmm. soccer, is not going to go away. Not so change. VAR is essentially five minutes of a ref looking through a monitor, trying to figure out how he interprets the rule. And as each minute goes by, he's getting more and more nervous that he needs to make on a call on something that people can't decide what's right and what's wrong. Right. And then he just makes a panic decision, um, as we saw, I think, so many times in the World yeah. Cup. And I like to make the football analogy where I know some, you know, sorry, NFL. I know some people still have issues with the rules there, and they're not nearly perfect, but you've got things like, is a catch inbound? Did they cross the plane for like a touchdown or a first down? Things that are so objective. A football move. <laughs> yeah. And if it's... <laughs> All right. Yeah. And if it's... I mean, no, I see your point. Yeah. I, and I, I think, you know, if it's, if it's too close to call, then they just go with what was called on the field, which I think soccer tries to implement as well. But my point is, it's never going to be a good system until subjectivity is taken out of the rules. Is there, is there a middle ground where you can apply it to certain areas? Because to me, there's no subjectivity in offside. And it's wrong a lot. And it has a pretty high state. So I think one of the biggest problems is it takes so long as well. It takes so long for them to yeah, look at it. I agree with that. But it, it's not something where you can go and make a quick call because if you're looking at a handball, this is bad radio, but let's say you've got your hand out here. Right. It's a snap. It's a snap. One, two. Striker's taking a shot. Defender's got his hand out. Hits the hand. That's the ref just sitting there and thinking about, in a subjective mind frame, whether or not that's enough intent. Yeah. Well, yeah. The fact that the referee has to determine intent to begin with is ridiculous. Yeah. You can't determine intent. Uh, it's just it's, it's, it's you play such a dangerous game, uh, and it's just it's not so, something that is clearly defined. So to circle back to my problem with it, it it drags out a painstaking process that before got just as much slack, or people slated the right, referee right. process just as much. But VAR is not the solution. You need to change the rules. Personally, I I don't disagree with you. I think we're gonna in a different podcast talk about the handball rule, uh, but. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me again. The I think would you be okay with kind of a half measure? Because to me there are very clear rules. You know, and, and, and to me the first step for VAR is something to the effect of offside can offside can be reviewed, reviewed immediately by somebody in the booth and told the referee he was on, he was off. And if you give that guy full authority, you got. It. I think that. Uh, I think the red card decisions should be allowed to be reviewed on the field. Or, you know, maybe this, the same thing the guy in the booth says, hey, you got to take a look at this and say whether or not it was a red or not. Maybe the yellow gets upgraded to a red. I mean, the stakes are so high with some decisions, uh, with the, the margin for error for a goal. You know, the, the, uh, we joke about the, uh, the Lacazette goal against Stoke last year, the one that was disallowed where they lost one nothing, and he was a toenail offside. But the assistant got it right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it got it right. right. But, but if, if, if we have, have that, that much accuracy, accuracy, there's an the element of the, the – I mean, maybe, maybe it just gives – it gives Lee Dixon less to talk about, about 
because, because he, he, he can't, can't pitch about the assistant referee. Though I love when he pitches. Man, I might have to back off this take because if Lee Dixon can't pitch about the assistant referee being so close to the to the offside that he can't make the call correctly, the man might be out of a job. Yeah, I don't know. God, do we love that man? He hates Arsenal more than anybody. Um. And this is just play devil's advocate because I'm resorting to the uh, romanticism take where it kills the game. Mm. Even if it is the right call, like remember the World Cup final, France's first two goals were just so soft. And the second one with the penalty decision, you're sitting there for five minutes in a World Cup final, momentum all stopped, and you're just watching something. You're like, yeah, that's probably a penalty. All right. Let's get on with it. Get yeah. Given. You know, it just... It was the right call. That was the right call. And my favorite thing, it was the right call. And I'm not arguing that. And the reason I'm playing devil's advocate is because I don't necessarily agree with it. But it ruins what a little bit of what I love about soccer, which is... The flow. The free flow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I I agree. And I think that's the biggest biggest critique. I think that's the biggest critique is the flow. And to me, the flow is like a... That's not a... It's not a reason, I think, to get rid of it. I think think what soccer needs to do... And the Premier League especially needs to do because you, it's, it's put in practice elsewhere. Some places better than others. But I think what they need to do is say, how do we preserve the flow and get more calls correctly? And it seems to be like this black and white polarizing argument, VAR, no VAR. And I think that there's a middle ground where you let the, you let the play go on. You have a little bit more liberal assistant referees when it comes to offside. And then in that moment, somebody in the booth's already checking. And the ref, pretty much like goal line technology. Yeah. Goal line technology hasn't right. slowed the, the flow of the game at all. No one has had a bad thing to say about it. Right. Yeah. And so I think if you implement, even if it's just offside, and even if it's the referee has his finger to his, finger to his ear to, to confirm whether or not the red card should have been given, those just the game-altering decisions yeah. I think need to be under some scrutiny. It's 2018. We can't be, we can't be just yeah, you living just, with You them. just think it would be better. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You <laughs> think they would put a little more effort into making it flow better. But I'll end it with this, and hear me out here. Yeah, I'm listening. What was wrong with the fifth guy who would stand on the goal line off to the side and assume a position that looked like he was paying attention and actually doing something, and he had a wand, but I never saw him ever do anything? You're talking about the – I don't even – they're the assistant to the assistant referees, basically. They're the Dwight Schrute <laughs> yeah, of the referee game. Right, the ones that stand just next to the goal and, like, look. They, they look more focused than any referee, and they've never made a decision. God, I lives. love them. So much focus, so little impact. <laughs> they've, they've never done a thing. It blows my mind. Yeah, I, I don't even think the wand's plugged in or routed to anything. Put the budget to VAR. Take those guys' salary and put it towards VAR. It might not be perfect. I think they're make-a-wish guys who they're like, get out there. <laughs> <laughs> Go stand on the line. Yeah, just guys that are they're they're they're, they're extra security, basically. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So we'll we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to the VR discussion when we have our first controversial decision. Yeah, FA Cup. Is it in the League Cup? You're speaking of the Carabao Cup. Sorry. <laughs> God forbid. No, I believe uh, we're I believe trying to get them as sponsors. I think. I believe it is. Oh, uh, what's that? We're trying to get Carabao as sponsors. Let's just start reading ads for them. Oh yeah. They might have to correct us. The unsolicited ad read. Yeah. I love it. I'm drinking one right now. <laughs> Goes down like butter. <laughs> That's definitely what it tastes like. Um, all right. As men who love hot takes, let's, let's mm. get into it. Um, I don't know if you have a few prepared or you're going to fire from the hip as sometimes you do, but we're going to do a segment where 
we just kind of predict the hottest takes of 2018-2019 Premier League season. Join uh, to the honors. Yeah, yeah, so, so what, do we have, we have a, you mentioned a format, format. where we're doing levels oh, yeah. of takes here? Yeah, let's see, let's see how this one takes. Okay, yeah. so you were, we're doing, oh, you just want me to give the take and then you're going to assign a level to it? No, I just wanted appreciation for, let's see how this one takes, we're talking about. Oh, talking God. About takes. God. Yeah, no, it's all good. Great, um, great, great, great. Still working out the chemistry <laughs> on this one. Uh, yeah, so I came up with this structure of, uh, you know, how you want your food ordered. Is it mild, medium, or spicy? You know? Spicy could be something along the lines of Arsenal winning the Premier League. Let, let's call that a really – that one is like you don't want to touch the stove. It's too hot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not willing to go there yet, but I have a, and I have a good one for So Arsenal. my mild – I guess I can take it off this way. My mild was Willian, Hazard, and Courtois all stay past the deadline uh, because I think, one, with a new coach, they think they can impress them and change their mind. Hmm. Two – how bad could it be living in London, playing for Chelsea, and waiting until, you know, until the right time to move? I like how highly you think of your takes that you're willing to label that mile, because I think that that's a hot take. Really? Hazard has explicitly stated his desire to leave. Mm, well, he's, he's, he's being pretty coy about it, and I think you can always read it two ways. Fair enough. He said, you know where I want to be, but it's up to, it's up to the club. He says, if I go, you know where that would be. Mm, okay, then I, just, I guess I choose my own truth there. Hey, what's fake news anymore? <laughs> All right, I don't know, I don't know where you're telling, you're telling me the sun isn't an accurate read? <laughs> I, okay, so th- that was your mild take? Oh, no, no, no. So that one got bumped out of my take because oh. it's already been revealed. Here's my honorable mention, which is now a mild take. Okay. Luke Shaw stays healthy all season. Wow. That guy looks cut. Wow. Like a steak. Thick cut. Yeah. No Peter Check, but, you know. <laughs> that's a, that would, and to me, if that, that is a, um, that would be absolutely immense for United. Because I think his qualities above Ashley Young's, I don't know if you would agree with that, but uh, to me, I mean, to me, their best back line is, is uh, it, when they're all playing their best game, I should say, is, is Shaw, Lindelof, uh, by and Valencia. And I don't think that we've seen that group really click and come together. I don't know that you would... I think very highly uh, of Lindelof. Yeah, you're kind of... I don't know if... I just think that... I, I see a lot of potential in him, but he's never really gotten a spell. So, yeah, you're... I agree. You're kind of playing into a something I've been squatting on that I wasn't necessarily going to reveal this okay. time around, but I think United is the kind of team where... If all players, and I know this is such like a such an easy thing to just say, but if all players were to reach their full potential, the hell of a team. You've got Bayi, Lindelof, Shaw, all away from their ceilings. Valencia, stud right back. De Gea, playing out of his skin. And then up front, you've got Rashford, Martial. I don't. I mean, it's really unlikely that everyone's going to click at the right time. But it's almost like. I'm looking at the United team. Who am I signing outside of, like, one of the best players in the world to make that team better when you look at it potential-wise? Anyway, we're getting off Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, though. I agree with you. I mean, they just it's, – it, they don't have a glaring hole. They don't even have a glaring weakness. Yeah. Truthfully. I, I would say that their back line is their weakness, but I think a lot of that is consistency and the fact that you're still relying on Phil Jones and Chris Smalling. Yeah. I think people that are playing towards their ceiling – 
Phil Jones is right up against it. I like where you're going with this. Why don't we save it until um, we see how they do against Leicester, and we'll, we'll come okay, back to it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, like, kick it off. Okay. Um, I'm forgetting my mild take and my medium take, which I was going to make up on the spot. So I'm going to go right into spicy. <laughs> I'm going to work backwards. Let's raise the stakes. We're going to work, we're going to work backwards here. Tarantino Actually, no. I'm going to start with my, uh, my medium. Okay. Because I forgot my mild. My medium is that the top six teams in the Premier League, the finish-wise this year, will not be the top six as we have traditionally remembered them. Meaning, one of the top six will not finish in the top six. Yeah, that's like a, you get a United under Moyes or Chelsea under crazy Mourinho tank season. Or just a seventh place, because you know how I think about it. I'll tell you the... Uh, do you want to show your cards on... On who I think's coming in? Or, yeah, or will that come up a little later on? I mean, it, it wasn't one of my other takes, okay. but I'll, so I can share it. Yeah. I, think, I, think, um, I think it's either going to be uh, Burnley... Wow. Because I, this is a medium take. Well, I mean, I, it's, Burnley is one of, of, uh, of three teams that I think could make the jump into the top six. See, I think Burnley had a season of a lifetime. I think that they are a team that will never beat themselves, which I think puts you in the top ten. Regardless, I think Chelsea is, is due for I – think, I think Chelsea's going to unravel. Which really? Yeah. But I also, I also think that Hazard's gone before the deadline, and I think Courtois's gone in the winter. So those are, okay. you know, those, that kind of plays into that take. Okay. If, that's, if that's wrong, then, of course, I'm probably – like, if Hazard's there all year, I don't think they're falling out of the top six. But I don't think he's there all year. Okay. Um, I think Tottenham's due for a step back, especially if they haven't had a very active transfer window. I think that they're – like we talked about a little earlier, I think they're already playing their best. Yeah. Um, and I think this actually is pretty – I think that Everton might be able to put it all together this year. I think, I think that Pickford, Pickford, Pickford's going to ride that, that World Cup. I'm believing in, in their signings. I like the stones they're putting together. They might, I might back off this take in two weeks. And then... Uh, I'll plead the fifth on that take. And I think, I think Lester also has, has a, little bit, a little bit of weight in it. I really do. Even without Mars. Wow. Oh. I'm banking okay. I mean, on a top six kind of falling down. Obviously. The fact that you think Leicester is trending upwards. I don't think they're trending upward, but I think they're, they're a team that can compete with the current top six when, in a one-to-one matchup. They've done that. Ooh, I think they're very subpar now. Without, is it because of Mars? Yeah, I think he was the last kind of, you know, Vardy, just, he's getting older, and I think his output's just going to keep declining. Sure. He's still solid. But it's like that's your one player in a team that is older and has lost a lot of talent that won them that Premier League. They're not that team. They're not that team. But I think that they're still a good enough team, potentially. My, my, let's, let's, let's not mistake my take. My take is that one of the top six will fall off. Okay. Yeah, and those are one of the three teams I think could be in. So easily sidetracked. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay. Should we keep it rolling just for time's sake? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to go with my, my spicy take? Yeah. Why don't we do like a one, two? Two, one. Okay. If you remember your mild. I don't remember my mild, so I'm going to give you my two, which is yeah. my spicy, and then you'll go two, and I'll yeah, remember yeah, my yeah. mild. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal's finishing with at least 80 points. That's my spicy take. They haven't done that since 2007, 2008, and I think they're doing it this year. Is that when they finished second? They finished third. Oh, who, who, won the, who won the Premier League that year? 
I'm not, I'm not uh, a historian. Oh, I just I want to know you. Right? I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are. Right, okay, that's what you're getting at. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that could have taken a wild guess. It probably would have been United back in that. United or Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I think that. Um, I don't think I've ever seen any. And this is also a. Arsenal fan and summer kind of take. You know, they're always we're always coming. Oh, I almost forgot to bring this up on the cast too. Uh, article from Burn Leno, headline on how he's dealing with you know the move to Arsenal. I'm surprised at the optimism at the camp. Love it. His quote. Love it. No, that <laughs> sums everything up. I've I've never seen an Arsenal team click like this in my in my fanhood. I think Sanchez was a lot of that. He's a little bit of a lone wolf, and he's making the most money on the team. I think he's a very divisive player. Uh, but they have, they have this energy to them. I think Aubameyang is a lot of that. I think Aubameyang and Lacazette are going to be a very, very deadly duo. I think Ozil is really ready to shine. And I think that they've, they've plugged all of their holes, albeit with kind of not marquee signings, but they, they, they had a problem in a defensive midfielder, at center back, at backup right back at goalkeeper, and they answered all of those in the transfer window. And I think that the sum of all those parts is enough to kind of put them over the edge. And they lost a lot of games they shouldn't have lost last year. They drew a lot of games they shouldn't have drawn. And they, they could not win away from home. They, I, there was a confidence missing that I think is returned. But I understand that 80 points, is, 80 points would have been good enough for fourth last year. That Tottenham finished with 81. Uh, this translates to pretty much... At least fourth place for Arsenal. I think so. Okay. I think so. Well, well yeah, we'll, 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 I'll tell you exactly where I think they're finishing yeah. a little bit later. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. The show. I like it. But yeah, give me, uh, give me a, I think you owe me a medium and a spicy. I do. So, rising up the heat ladder, medium take, I'd say. I think Mourinho lives, uh, leaves this season. Comes from a pessimistic supporter, self-proclaimed, and anti-Mourinho guy. Um, he traditionally has this system where he's a three-season coach. Mm. He comes in, learns the team, figures out who he wants to get. Second year, he wins the title. Third year, he goes crazy. And I think we just skipped the second year. <laughs> At United, we're going straight to the crazy. You think that you, you, he, had a, he had a fantastic second year just in the same year that, that City had a, 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 uh, the best Premier League season ever? Yeah, it was a weird... And I, um, I actually don't know this. I'd be curious to know. I forget how many points we finished with last year. I wonder if that amount of points has won someone in the Premier League before. I think it was 84. I'm curious to know if a team's won with that amount of points. I believe someone's won with 86. It wouldn't shock me if someone but, won with 84. Um, yeah, I mean, we were a good team that just got wildly outplayed by one of the best Premier League teams of all time. So... I think Mourinho's kind of had it. He's already, I mean, he, he's been doing this for a while, but he's already chirping his players. Um, a little dissent in the camp. He's, he's starting to go against what Woodward's saying in public. Yeah. And I don't know. I think the writing's on the wall. I think at the first sign of trouble this season, he's just going to do something absolutely crazy. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, they still have so much talent, like we talked about. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't blow my mind if he left, but also it wouldn't blow my mind if they won the lead. Really? Yeah. Good. I mean, I don't think they will. It's so funny, like, being, and you know, like, on the inside and being a fan and with my own sort of take on how the team's going this year, but it's so hard to see them, and we can use this as a transition to my hottest of hot takes. Right. 
I don't even, oh, God, this sucks to say. It always used to just be Chelsea that was like, yeah, I don't like Chelsea, but at least they're the team that's winning the league when we're not. I don't think City's going to win the title. I honestly think Liverpool is going to win the title. I agree with you. It's, it sucks because I think they're the team that you think of teams playing at their best. I think Liverpool's best is higher than City's best. And I think Liverpool, was it was like a working out the kinks season for them last year. And I think they got better in the transfer window. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's not even that hot of a take. I, I think they're a better team than City. And I hate it. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> like, City and Liverpool, nightmare scenario of two teams duking it out for the, for the title above yeah. United. Right. Um, okay. Was that your was that your spicy take? That was yeah. I I don't know. I thought that okay. would I thought that would raise more eyebrows. Well, that's also. I mean, when we get into our top three, I have I have Liverpool winning the league. Okay. Well. So right. it, it didn't take me that, but it, but for you know, if you if you were to go take a poll of a hundred Premier League fans, I, I'm sure that, that that's definitely on the spicy meter. Yeah, because I feel like everyone's saying City's locked, and they dismantled Chelsea today in the Community Shield. Um, Aguero, by the way, um, I don't know if we're gonna do like a Golden Boot predictor. That was my mom, too, gold- actually. Oh, really? Yeah, Where? I remembered it. Winning Golden Boot. No. Uh, my, well, I think Lukaku wins Golden Boot. Oh. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I, was, um, I was looking up Aguero today. I don't know scored, how many he scores against the top six. Scored but... two goals in the community shield, missed the sitter, um, could have scored four. That dude's 30 years old. And I mean what? That, I mean that in the young sense. I was like, oh, this season, uh, Jesus is going to take over the front line and start shifting power over where he's got a couple years left. That dude is in his prime, and I think he's going to win the Golden Boot. Yeah, they, I mean, that's why I don't really understand City's transfer strategy. They just buy good player after good player after good player. It doesn't necessarily seem that they fit any need. But, I mean, not that they bought Jesus, but like he's, he's, he could start. Like, he's, he's, I don't want to say world-class, because I feel like I throw that thing around too, too loosely, but... He's a top striker, you know. And he'll, just, he'll get better, yeah. Yeah, but he's going to sit behind Aguero for the most part. And they got I mean, and Mares and they have Sonic. They, now they have a log jam at winger, so it's not even like he can be that creative in your formations. Yeah, but I think those championship-winning teams... Is Silva are, still there? Bernardo? I, think, I think the best teams have that competitive um, attitude built into their teams. You know, I where agree. you're always fighting for a place. But, I mean, if you look at their front line, you have uh, Sané, Bernardo Silva... And this is assuming that you're not you're not changing that that midfield uh, threesome of uh, Fernandinho, Dario Silva, and De Bruyne. The, the, those guys are locks, right? And then, but then, uh, assuming you're still playing that four three three, you have uh, yes, Sané, uh, Bernardo Silva, Mares now, Sterling, and then up top you who got, could forget? Yeah, who could forget? And up top you got Aguero and Jesus. You got six guys vying for three spots. Yeah, take your pick. Yeah, I mean that's. I that, think Sané is about to have a crazy season i mean i i kind of think with uh, pep kind of seems like pretty pretty loyal to to sterling and to me it's sonny and mars those are my starting wingers if i'm if i'm picking the team oh yeah but it seems i i, I can't imagine sterling not starting under pep that's just kind of my instant i actually don't see martin yeah i guess that's a weird one i mean coaches always prefer their signings, their new signings. I think that's traditionally how it goes. Right. Um, but I guess in my head, I always saw it as um, Sterling and Sané starting and Mara's coming off the bench. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, so let's get into well, the... Uh... Yeah, the big reveal. Yeah. I'm almost 
pissed off that we were on the same page. We could we, maybe we'll revisit our top four every week because you know how much I love the flip flop. I'm trying to poke the bear. <laughs> he seems to be enjoying it. Well, I mean, let me let me just since we're in agreement on we think Liverpool's winning the league. Yeah, let me just spend a little bit of time on why I think this is. I think they had an absolutely stellar transfer window. They had Ketia coming in from last winter's transfer window, um, who was just a complete box-to-box midfielder. The guy's going to be fantastic. They saw Shakiri, who just gives them presumably the, the, that, that force off the bench that they were kind of missing offensively, especially without... He's like the bench spark plug, and presumably you're coming off a team that just got relegated to a team that's the, one of the top title contenders. He's going to be happy coming off the bench. Oh yeah, yeah, he'll be totally fine with that. Yeah, and 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 he'll and he's the type of guy that doesn't that strikes me as a guy with a tremendous work rate, a guy that plays his role, and he's not going to bitch about anything. So I think that he'll find his way into that team, whether it's a rare start over Mane. Uh, you know, if I mean I don't know how. Uh, I mean Salah was, I presume he's healthy. Yeah, uh, but you know who who are they? Uh, and then not to uh, jump the gun. Are you going to say it? They well, solved their keeper problem. Yeah, well, yeah. They, Which to me is the biggest. I don't want to love... I mean, they obviously... They, they needed to get a new keeper, I thought, but the, I don't think that the Champions League blunder was... Karius was concussed. Ramos decked him like two minutes before that goal. He's not a good keeper. Yeah, but I don't think he was like braining them down. Do you? Yes. Oh, okay. And Mignolet. I, I think I think Mendeley was absolutely bringing them down. I thought Carius was kind of on the come up though. I thought he had potential. yeah mm, no, but yeah, maybe that was, maybe that was a confidence ruiner. I don't know. Yeah, I mean there was a reason why Mendeley was always in the conversation. You yeah. know, you were kind of hoping you were kind of hoping that he was gonna just blow him out of the water, and you've got your clear starter, you've got your clear bench. Right. I don't remember the exact stats, but it felt like they got pretty much fifty fifty play time. Yeah, it, not even that. It felt like. Um, I think that the biggest reason was that uh, Mignolet just didn't, I don't want to say didn't get along with Klopp, but he just, Klopp's a very much for the team, kind of everybody kind of rallied together kind of player, yeah. or kind of coach, yeah. and I didn't think Mignolet bought into that, and Klopp just wasn't having that. That's kind of my, you know, my instinct of the situation, and I think Kerry's bought into that, and I think that now I'm kind of talking myself out of the take, but I think Mignolet was the better keeper, but Karius was Klopp's preferred. So, yeah, they did solve that problem. Uh, and also, they kind of replaced uh, Emre Khan was the only guy they really lost. And they brought in uh, Fabinho from Monaco, so they like for like comparison. Um, yeah, it's it not does good. kind of bug me out that uh, Oxley Chamberlain's out for even longer now. I think he's, yeah, back until he's the out for the whole he's, season, he's I read. just kind of getting. Yeah, fitting it, in there, and you know, despite a less than stellar exit to Arsenal, I is, always did like what he. You know, he he played for the he played for the bad, so I, I always wished him well. It does suck to see those players who you know show a lot of promise and then never really get a shot based on yeah. something that's out of their control. Right. Um, you know, but I think you yeah. see that with Wilshire a little bit. So okay, so he got he got finished in second. I bet City. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Okay. This is now. I feel like we're gonna start breaking it up. Yeah. I do have United finishing third. I got Arsenal finishing third. I got them, I got them finishing. I, I got them having 80 points. I, I have to have them third. No, I, I love it. Yeah. I, I love hearing that Arsenal is finishing third. But I do think this goes back. We had this conversation um, a couple weeks ago. I think the telling thing for Arsenal, I don't think the players matter. I think the mentality matters, and that's an Emily job. 
Yeah, and I think that he's fixed that. Time will tell. Time will tell. I trial by fire, man. Trial by fire. Yeah, you're getting right into it. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we can assess these takes as the year goes on. We are finishing I, fourth. We're gonna round out the top four. This one was tough. If you give Part it to Spurs, me. if you give it to Spurs, no. But tying tying in with my Chelsea take on those players staying, I've got them pulling out fourth place. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I think if they stay, then they're they're gonna be right in the mix. I've United finishing fourth. Okay. You got Chelsea dropping out. You got Spurs dropping out. I have Spurs finishing fifth, and Chelsea with the transfers finishing yeah. outside the top six. Yeah. No, I don't like going back to what we we're talking about. I don't see Spurs getting better as a team drastically. Right. And um, they're good though. They're good. Arsenal is such a convincingly otherwise team. Yeah. I'm already convinced. <laughs> which kind of Classic speaks. Arsenal. Read into the preseason. Yeah, read into the Instagram hype. Oh, they would be posted on All there. right, so let me go see who all we got at the bottom of this table. I got to look up these teams, figure out how I'm finishing bottom three. Let me kick it off for you. Yeah, go ahead and give me your... Are we gonna, you want to go 18, 19, well, 20? Of the, of the teams that we know back to front, Wolves, Fulham, and Cardiff, I think... Uh, Wolves look, I don't know, from what I've heard and I just, you know, rumors about Portuguese signings, I feel like they're going to stay at least one year. Mm-hmm. Fulham, they, they know what it's like to stay in the Premier League for a long time. Cardiff, when they were in the Premier League, they, I think they were more of a yo-yo team, so they went back and forth. And I've got Cardiff as a team that drops out. Um, say it's because of the crest. That's up to whoever wants to decide, <laughs> but I don't think they have the longevity in them. And then, do you want me to just give my other two? Yeah, yeah, Listen to me. Cause you... So, I think sophomore slumps for both Huddersfield and Brighton. Uh, so, I've got Huddersfield, Brighton, and Cardiff going down. Interesting. We're... I, I think every other team, I, th- I toyed around with the idea of Bournemouth going down. Because um, there was a lot of hype around the coach, Eddie Howe, that's kind of fallen off. And right. I don't know. I don't see any, any other team really being in that much trouble, but it's still, you know so so early on in the process to say but yeah so we're not that far off i have both fulham and wolves staying okay and cardiff dropping based on what uh the fact that i knew nothing about cardiff and <laughs> fulham fulham i think um knowing that they got some americans i was just kind of pulling for them more than anything yeah it's like you want it to happen yeah yeah i mean we'll we'll see how to get even though at the bottom of the table though you can have play with your heart. You can have four bad months and then still find a way to survive. So yeah. Sw- Swansea almost did it, and it's not to say they're going to be good teams. Oh no, they're just not going to be the worst three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I have Cardiff dropping. I have, uh, I have Huddersfield dropping. And this one, I, I have, I have Brighton actually finishing, and then like like the ten to eleven. I think they take a step forward. Actually, Ooh. yeah, I really just like based on. I, I don't you I, think. I really liked watching them play. I think that they're a team that plays very, very well together. They play for the badge. They defend ferociously. Yeah. You know, I mean, they also, you know, they're, 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 they're home crowd. They hadn't been in the Premier League in so, so long, and then they stayed up. And I think that they carry that. I could see the sophomore slump, though. I could see, like, that the height drop a little bit, and then they kind of turn south at the end. Um yeah, I think it's just such an adrenaline shot. Your first season, either back in the Premier League after a long layoff, or for the first time, even more so. But um, it's sustaining is like hard. They say sustaining is harder than doing it. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's like in the UFC. You're not really a champ until you defend the belt. Uh, my, third team, my, <laughs> my third team is going to be Southampton. 
I think that they were, I don't want to say, I mean, I might be showing how little I know, but I, I, I just wasn't impressed with them last year. I they barely think, survived. Yeah, I, I, okay. I think it came down to like the last two weeks. Thank God, because I was, I was thinking maybe that was a team that like finished like 12. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I, I don't know. I think that they kind of just snuck it out, and I don't think that they really have what it takes to stay up, and I think that they benefited by the fact that, uh, you know, Swansea was just real bad. Yeah, you know there were there were some teams that were really bad last year, and I think Southampton was one of them. They just were, you know, the fourth or fifth worst, or whatever it might have been. So I, I, I just don't think that they have it in them this year. It was, uh, it's, I feel like, if my memory serves, they brought in Mark Hughes to come solve their problems. So you know, saying, you might as well a lot right there. Three, right. Yeah. Um, I no, I think Southampton was one of those teams who would have dropped in. Um, if I didn't pick those others, but you know, sometimes it's like you get shook by right. having that experience and it kind of, kind of pulls through. Um, yeah. No, it's right. pretty, it's pretty sound. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, we're not the most contentious first episode. Yeah. We will. Yeah. I wish I, I thought that my Liverpool take was going to surprise you and then you come in with it, but maybe we'll drink next time. Yeah. Maybe. After two Arsenal games against City and Chelsea, I'm going to swap these permanently drunk. I'm going to swap these Carabao's that I've been drinking <laughs> for some uh, Jack Daniels. <laughs> Yeah, or you have uh, Budweiser's, right? The Budweiser Man of the Match, straight from Russia. That's true. They do. They don't do that Premier League. Uh, but what do you? Let's say. So we're we're looking to do at least start a bi-weekly podcast. Um, what are we looking for in these first two weeks before we send this thing home? I'm looking for one massive injury that was unsuspected. You're, you 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 say you want it to happen, I'm, or you just expect it to happen? I'm going for blood. I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> But I'm going to text you when we see it on a game, and I'm going to be like, I told you. Okay, so just looking at the schedule here, obviously the opener is always going to be fun. United at home, you expect them to win that. Yeah. Um, first week. I actually, I'm, I'm not nervous about that at all. No. Yeah, and first week, though, you have uh, really no, like the, 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 the big game after that, I mean, I'm not being a homer here, but City, Arsenal at the Emirates, Emery's first game, defending champ. It's going to be a great game. I believe. And I might have read something wrong, but I believe both David Silva and De Bruyne will not be playing, which is a huge bonus for Arsenal. Yeah, I noticed they were doing this with World Cup players. They were letting them rest past the first game of the season. Some, yeah. some players. Welbeck's still on holiday. And we play he on- play! <laughs> yeah, he's in L.A. right now. That was another thing that pissed me off. It was like, was Phil Jones' reputation enhanced from being on that team? That dude did not play. <laughs> uh, but week two... Um, Chelsea Arsenal is also a big game, and then really all the rest of the top six don't have that big of a, a problem. So you'd expect this. Is, I think it's a big two weeks for Arsenal, and then the tone setting. And then I, th- yeah. I think that I think United, Liverpool, and Spurs should come out with six points, and then obviously whatever happens between City and Chelsea and Arsenal might impact whether they come out with six mm-hmm. points or not. But um, and I Arsenal's the one. Arsenal needs. In my opinion, they need at least three points. I think three most important teams to have a hot start. Liverpool to announce their intentions. United, so Mourinho doesn't do anything insane. <laughs> while, the, while the transfer window's still open? Yeah. Like, if we, <laughs> like draw, it, like if we draw Leicester, it's going to be a rough season. Yeah, Pogba's going to Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I read something that was like, Mourinho was asked why Pogba had a good World Cup, and couldn't do it at United and you know, legendary answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I mean, we're talking about legendary answers. It just reminds me of Wenger's press conferences last year. And, uh, <laughs> one of the, when, when Sanchez didn't start, like when the transfer window was swirling, God. he said, some decisions can't be explained. That was the decision <laughs> of the day. That oh, was a good one. Who do you think wears his coat around the uh, locker room? The Wenger's coat? Yeah. It's got to still be hanging up. Oh, I think you leave it hanging. The man's a legend. We don't need to get into this now. We can talk about this after I hate Emery in two weeks. But <laughs> the man's a legend. It you don't think Emery when no one's around? Hmm? You don't think Emery when no one's around just looks both ways? And oh, and struts. Sees how it feels. Yeah, but it probably wears a little long. Like the invisibility cloak? If he ever put on that long cloak, he'd be dragging it in the mud. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Talking about that oh, yeah. I'm just talking about the suit jacket. Oh, the long boy. Oh, the long boy with the tricky zips. <laughs> Oh, man, I'll miss him. I hope that he comes around. And I do want to shout out um, Sir Alex Ferguson. Gave a healthy message to the fans. I am uh, thrilled to see that. He gave a little, I'm back. Oh, he'll be back He'll come back. He said said he'll come back to Old Trafford hopefully this year. That's what he's saying. So appreciate that. Yeah, no. I mean, the man's a legend. I got the uh, the books in my car. But, yeah, I I have his book, read his book. You know, we, I think at the end of the day, one of the things we both, we're both very self-deprecating and, and homers, but respect the game, respect the legends of the game, and hate Tottenham. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to a great Premier League season. We got episode one under our belt, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We'll see you guys in... Uh, another, another B-. minus. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It was a little long. It was a little long, but it's a preview of the season episode. So, I think we'll, we'll hone it in. Um, we're going to get the, uh, the social media stuff cracking, get the promos cracking. Uh, we'd love to hear your questions. Prem do prem, tell your uh, friends. We'd love to have a, a question and answer section. I think that would be good. So Ooh, we might have some special guests. Oh, yeah. We will have some special guests. Uh-huh. We will have some special guests. I think that we should do between um, for the big games, like we should have uh, you know, the big, uh, we should get some Liverpool, a Liverpool fan on when United plays Liverpool or something to that effect. You yeah. Know? I don't know any City fans, thank God. But No, I don't think they really exist. Actually, Katie has a, my girlfriend has a friend who's an OG City fan, like from childhood. So I, Ooh, I do respect hurt. him, yeah. Yeah, I guess you got to respect that. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them, it's like Warriors fans. I, get, I need to stop making these American sports analogies. I really kind of paint myself. Who are the Warriors? The uh, San Antonio Warriors, I think. Anyway, we're probably just going to cut that whole shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Much love. Yeah. Yeah, much love to the to the Prem to the Prem fam. Thank you for listening to the first podcast. We'll see you in two weeks.